Hello, everybody. Today, we are talking about why your artist Instagram isn't growing. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at Artcroft, critiques, tutorials, and professional development. Now, this is a topic that is chronic for a lot of artists, and it's frustrating because you put all this effort in, and then it's just crickets. Have you ever had that feeling, Dorian? Consistently. Uh, but social media, as we talked about in the past stream, uh, is a journey. You kind of have to be willing to adapt, learn, get new skills, and also just push yourself into areas that you might not necessarily be the most comfortable with. Uh, but yeah, you have to be willing to put yourself out there if you're using it. Tell us in the chat, who here has been frustrated with the time that they're putting into social media? <laughs> that you're not getting a lot back or feeling like you're just not growing, that your Instagram is maybe really static and you feel like you're not making any progress. Well, this is one of the reasons probably why it's not growing. So what do we mean by this? Yeah. Uh, so basically when I approach social media at this point, I want people to know exactly what they're getting. I don't want them to think that this is some version of me that's like, oh, like, this is just all the good things he's doing. It's like, no, I want you guys to see me struggle. I want you guys to see me working. I want you guys to see me actively in the community, engaging with people, collaborating, whatever I'm up to within its means. Uh, <laughs> that's also a big part is knowing when to limit yourself. We'll get into that. But being able to tell people what I'm doing, what I'm engaging in, I think is a great way of also showcasing what, what abilities you have and what interests you have that might lead into what your design and your business might be. And oftentimes your identity does not have to do with being an artist. I mean, we have so many sides to our lives. And for you, Dorian, being a basketball player is hugely important to your story. Tell us about that. Yeah, so in high school, I played basketball. I really loved it. I really still love it. Uh, I got injured. I ended up coming to RISD, and my focus was going to be injury prevention design for athletes. So I kind of stepped into the realm of footwear design and as I was doing footwear design, as I was experimenting with that, doing concepts, people really liked the stuff that I was making, but they liked more than the footwear. They liked the bags, they liked the screen printing that I was doing, the designs, the graphics. So I thought it would be interesting to make a business that focused on the influence of basketball and culture and just the things surrounding not only pop culture, but street culture. And yeah. It's really interesting to just see how far it's come in the past two years. So I'm excited about it. Uh, that's part of my story. And if you wanna check it out more, this is Instagram. And I think people have to think about how, okay, there's a million people out there who design fashion, okay? How are you gonna stand out? And you saying, I was an athlete, I got injured. That is your story because that is what led you to designing the footwear and then doing upcycle fashion. So you've got to tell that story and you can curate what that story is. You don't have to tell people every single part of your lives, 
But for me, I was a professor. That was my story. And I <laughs> made a very dramatic exit from academia. And that's what people know me for. I mean, there's a ton of artists in academia, but I'm the one that said, screw you guys, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going to go do my own thing. And that's what stands out. And so you have to think a little bit about what part of you you want to talk about. I mean, my parents were from Taiwan. They were immigrants. I don't really talk about that side of my identity that much. I mean, I went to Taiwan and I did all these drawings there, but that's less important in my identity online than my identity as a professor. And that that's a decision you have to make, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I, like I said, it's about knowing what you're willing to also put out there. Uh, social media is a beast. You just got to know how to tame it in your own way. And taming it means, in my opinion at least, being able to still be sane after using it because being able to consistently be on it without having all of the mental breakdowns that are normally associated with it, I think is a skill in itself, being able to kind of have that power. Well, that's where making clear cut decisions. This is what I talk about. I don't talk about this. It makes it a lot easier. So you don't have to figure out from scratch every time, should I post this? I know that I never post about my kids. This is another problem <laughs> that people do. This can really be a huge turnoff when you show too much personal content. Have you ever seen, Dorian, something somebody posted on Instagram and it's sort of cringy because it's too personal? Oh, yeah. Like, so that's the thing too. It's like, I have a few friends that are like private so they don't have people that can just follow their page. And they'll post things where it's like journeys about their life, their mental health story, or if they're dealing with some stuff that's kind of traumatic. And it's like, okay, I get that. But if you're public, if you're promoting certain things and you're saying like just a little bit too much, I feel like it can really not only less, not lessen, uh, minimize the potential audience that you could have, but it can also create a false narrative. Even if your narrative is clearly there, it can create false narratives based off of assumptions that other people have of what they just read. So it's very interesting. Uh, yeah. This is Derek Klena. <laughs> and he played Christian in Moulin Rouge when I saw it in New York City. I don't have a crush on him yet. Some of yeah, my yeah. friends, they, they think I'm going to develop one. I'm like, I don't know that it works that way. Anyway. Give it a week. Give it a week. <laughs> I think I need more time. I'm looking at Aaron Tveit too much. So Derek Klena was in Moulin Rouge. And of course, you, you have to look up everybody in the production after you watch it. And yes, he was amazing. He's not Aaron Tveit. But he posts so many baby pictures and I'm sorry, but that was a really big turnoff to me because I'm like, dude, this is what I want. If I'm a fan, I want to see cute pictures of you looking awesome. I really don't want to see you holding your baby and your wife and baby. It's, it's just a little bit cringy. I mean, maybe some people do, but I, I'm sorry. I know your baby's nice. I just can't do it. It's okay. You can just say that you secretly love him and want to be in that picture instead. <laughs> it's not that bad yet. The crush needs some time to marinate. It's not quite there yet. Like, I want to see this because this is him 
being a dork near the theater and this is fun and relatable but it's not too personal and so it's a very very tricky balance because we're going to tell you okay you want a little bit of personal stuff but when it's too personal it's a big big turnoff and stuff like this is great like this is you hanging out with your friends and we're seeing you in a casual situation but you're not oversharing and so how did you walk that fine line dorian i think i'm still walking it uh one of the main things that I do is think about what is the intention behind what I'm posting. Uh, I don't like to just post just to post anymore. If I don't have a reason for actually posting or being beneficial to either me or Black Top Market, then I just kind of will sit on it. It's like, all right, cool. I'm going to wait for a better time to post. Uh, a lot of people that were a part of the Black Ruby fashion show that I was in, uh, a really great group of people, I wanted to highlight their business because they were posting a lot of stuff that they were making. So I was like, okay, I'm doing some stuff. They're doing some stuff. This is the perfect time for me to post and be like, follow my friends. Also check out what I'm doing. And then I had some personality videos of me like just dancing in the club like this. And then like, it, it's just all about finding a way to engage people in a unique and interesting way. And dancing is one of my ways. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, I'm, I promise you, I'm going to find a way to get you to dance. I said I would if we ever hit a million subs on YouTube. That's when I will dance. It's going to be a little while. Please, everybody, just subscribe. Please. <laughs> Please. Find your friends. Follow on their phones if they don't. <laughs> so Lisa says, sometimes people share too much. I really don't want to know everything about you. And Ginger says, it's so hard deciding what to share and what not to share. Well, what I usually do is I look at my own behavior. So I'll scroll through Instagram and if somebody posts something that I go, oh, I don't like that, I'll make a note. Okay, why do I not like that? Because I'm supposed to be developing this crush on you, but you're showing me pictures of your wife and your baby. That doesn't help me <laughs> develop a crush. So if you look at what your own reaction is to any given post, that's a really good way to see through that. And 10,000 Crow says, like when people post themselves crying, yeah, not cool. <laughs> it's just so uncomfortable when people do that. Mom says, <laughs> I have 100 identities and none of them seem shareable. So you have to heavily curate. I mean, this is just cat eating a meal. Like, it's not really that personal it doesn't say that much about you but why is this a fun engaging picture dorian i think it's beautiful scenery nice composition she's looking up to the distance you're like oh what's she eating like it's it's just one of those things where it's like okay it's not doing too much like a lot of people will be very excessive and they'll like try and go and stand on top of the empire state building or like just do all these really elaborate things Versus it's like, if you have an opportunity, for instance, how you went to see Broadway, Moulin Rouge, you took a photo inside of the fr or in front of it, you did the photo of you doing the sketch of it. It's like, there's ways to capture where you are in a way that's like, I'm happy to be here in this moment. And I'm not taking this photo because I want everyone to see what I'm doing. I want people to share a moment with me. I feel like that's why I engage with a lot of pictures on Instagram more. It's because they're calling me in to be like, sit and experience this moment with me. 
Yeah. Like you can't you can't argue that. <laughs> nope, nothing wrong there. This is probably the biggest reason your Instagram isn't growing. You're not willing to adapt and change. Now, I feel all of you with the frustration of all the changes and trying to stay up to date with everything. But this one's really important because these platforms are not static. They're evolving all the time. And you don't have to adapt to everything. But when you just keep doing the same thing, it doesn't work very well. So Dorian, this is a post from 2021. And then we see two years later, this is from 2023. So how do you think you have changed and adapted within those two years? So if you just look at the like by numbers at the bottom, you see 14 on that one. <laughs> and then you go to the next one and you're like, ah, oh, okay, 180. Like it's it's the small ones. I don't need 2000 likes to feel like I've grown. Like the thing about the first post is I was doing renderings and I'm like, this is a hoodie that I did. I'll screen print when people buy it rather than having the actual product and material ready which is something that I also learned. It's like having the back stock and having things prepared to just ship out immediately. That's the better, smarter way to run a business. Like making things as they're ordered is going to make me frantic and lose my mind. So uh, being able to just kind of see the steps of engagement that I need to do and seeing the steps of service that I need to actually start taking in order to successfully create and sell and make, uh, that's heavily impacted what I'm doing and what I'm posting. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about that with Art Prof? Like your engagement levels when you're doing the reels now, for instance? Well, I learned in a very, very long period of time. <laughs> it took me a while to realize that stuff that is too produced looking with perfect visuals and a clean white background. If you look at our old videos, that's what we used to do. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that was very cold and very distant. And when I started doing the reels, I was like, you know what? It's okay if the camera's a little shaky. It's okay if I'm being an idiot. I mean, I really realized that what people want, as Mia has said, they want to feel like they're on FaceTime with you. And so I've had to adapt from that because if you look at my post from 2016, I mean, doesn't this almost look unrecognizable compared to 2023? So for you, what is the difference between my old post versus this one? That's a lot more dynamic. Like I look at that, I'm like, whoa, like I see the materials. I see that it was more than just, you know, a sketch. Like you sat and you spent time on it. I see all the paint swatches that you did down at the bottom. It's like, this is a piece of, like, this feels like a piece of art. Not that the other one isn't, but it's like, when you look at the graphite and graph, uh, like pencil, charcoal, whatever it might be drawings, some people might look at it and be like, oh, okay, this is just another one. So it, like the other version distinguishes you a little bit more in like a category of, I'm a fine artist versus that one being like, I'm an artist. This is also work in progress. The earlier image, this is a totally 100% finished piece. So it does not tell a story. This is a mini version of telling your story. I have a crappy palette. I'm using markers. I have acrylic paints. That's telling the story of this piece. Also notice 
my caption here is very cold. It just says, this is what it is. I mean, I write absurdly <laughs> long text captions, but it's a difference. And so think about what you can shake up because chances are one of the things you do to shake it up is gonna work if you try enough things. This is another problem when your content is too repetitive. Now this is very different than a website. You know, if you have a website and you wanna show a body of work, that's fine. But the difference is people only go to your website. I don't know, I haven't updated mine in like three years, <laughs> but they're not seeing your website every day. You're not showing up every day. And so why is this a problem, Dorian? When you start getting into, <sighs> this is where it's tough. Cause I, I can roast a lot of people by saying this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when when you post too many of the same things i personally lose interest because it's like if i want to see that i'm going to look for it from different people in various forms and various perspectives if you're willing to show me a different side of you that's willing to learn and explore or put yourself that's something that I'm going to stay by. But I don't know. Ah, I don't I don't know. There's something about people that post the same thing. I'm just like, why, why don't you just post one different thing? Like switch right. up the stuff. Unless you're being paid to keep it that way, switch it up. Because there's nothing that's going to do more damage than you just posting. If I were to like literally post me holding a color of this thread every day, <laughs> that's the kind of feeling I get. It's like, Jeez, I'll just have a different shirt. That's it. Like, I know people that will have feeds like that. And it's just a black hole of the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. I'm not following it. I'll see it on my For You page, but that's about it. Okay, that's my spiel. That's my rant. <laughs> Guilty is charged. You guys want to see what repetitive content looks like? <laughs> this is early on. Not only is it the same type of image, but literally, you guys, I copy pasted the text caption. So the text caption is exactly the same for, oh my goodness, I must have posted at least 10 of these. And once you've seen something twice and you see it a third time, you're like, I've already seen this before. And it gets really boring really fast because you are showing up in a feed all the time. And so a lot of this is about switching it up, letting people pay attention because stuff gets so boring and I confess I've unfollowed people for that reason because yeah. I'm like yeah. oh there's Sarah again with her landscape painting on her easel <laughs> and it just it gets really boring so switch it up it doesn't have to be all the time but don't copy paste your captions like I did <laughs> what do you think is the biggest thing that you've learned from posting like the same caption like did you like feel regretful in the moment after like realizing it as well. Like I don't know how to really phrase it. Uh, Not in the moment. <laughs> it wasn't until I messed it up for so long thinking, oh, that's fine. I can do this. And then I learned more about social media and I started doing different things. And then when you start realizing, oh, this is getting engagement. I need to do more like this and I need to leave that other thing behind. So mm -hmm. a lot of this adapting and willing to change things is you just have to try a bunch of things. It's like, oh, that didn't work. Oh, that did. Let's do that some more. 
So taking a step back and seeing that is very important. Thank you so much, Crosby, for the super chat who says, I'd like to post more of my behind the scenes personal stuff, but I live like an actual creature. But see, now I want to see it, Crosby. I mean, doesn't that make you interested? <laughs> I could embarrass myself and show my room right now because it's all materials on the ground. <laughs> but I want to see that. That's so cool. I don't have it because I don't know. I'm boring. All of the materials that I'm cutting up right now. See, I love that. <laughs> And Anna says, I've become much more open about sharing materials and processes, thanks to Art Prof. And Victoria, thank you so much for the super sticker. Thank you all so much for your support. This is very important. And if you haven't taken the time to think about it, take some time to reflect upon who it is. This is not always clear cut, which is why you have to observe a little bit the engagement. So this is your audience. How did you come about this list? Honestly, it's the people that I want to interact with and grow with the most. And I feel that's also the demographic that understands my mission as a brand the most. So for the young demographic, a big thing that I want to do is focus on helping and guiding the next generation of athletes with not only things that are functional, but aesthetically pleasing and can distinguish them from other people. Uh, fashion lovers, because all of the upcycling, all of the reworking that I'm doing, it makes sense for me to want to talk to fashion lovers because their opinions and their insight of fashion will help not only push me further with my design process, but it'll also guide me in a way uh, and connect me to really cool people that also have skill sets that I don't. Uh, Athletes, obviously, it's a basketball brand, and I'm a basketball player, so if anybody wants to play pickup basketball in Providence, let me know. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, artists and designers can't go wrong with having creative support. Oftentimes, the age demographic is very impactful in terms of your music choice. And if you have this music, which is Don Tolliver, embarrassed, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Clara, but, we're going to get you to learn everything, I promise. Oh, God, no. <laughs> it's just going to make me feel old. But this is music that appeals to a younger audience. And the music in reels is incredibly important. For me, my demographic is teachers, students, lifelong learners, professional artists, my demographic is really, really wide, but most of my demographic is tending to be on the older side, even though I have plenty of younger people that follow me. And so <laughs> this is a monotype workshop reel that I posted. And I was like, okay, if my demographic is on the older side, I'm going to post Simon and Garfunkel because they know that music. I mean, would that fit your demographic? <laughs> My demographic would probably look at me and be like, why is he posting this? Yes. yes. And it's funny because I keep listening to the We Are the World uh, <laughs> Michael Jackson version. And they have a sing or they have a solo in it, obviously. But it's like, yeah, I just look at the shift of how there are so many people from like pre-90s and like post-90s. And there's like that definite separation of like, 
this is our music. This is our music, and yeah. not Gen Z has the TikTok music, or not Gen Z, uh, Gen Alpha. Apparently, that's what they're called now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> Tell us in the chat: Have you watched a reel and been pulled in by the music from one reason or another? Because I don't think a lot of people realize how important that music choice is in Real terms of life. reaching your audience. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is another one. And I know this is a little bit loaded because it absolutely depends on your comfort level. Some people really, really don't want to show their face. I get it. And yet this really, really makes a big difference in terms of engagement. And we do have an entire video that breaks down all of the reasons, but for you, and we look at your stuff. If you looked at Dorian's Instagram, and let's say, Dorian, you only posted artwork. Let's say there were no photos of you. And your work is great. I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> but it's so different when you see this. Do you respond to faces in your feed? Yeah, because if I see an actual person willing to support it, or if I see somebody actually with the piece, not only does it show scale, does it show fit, does it show kind of like the activeness of the piece. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. There's <laughs> there's a certain level of familiarity once I see a person with it. It's like, oh yeah, like I can totally see myself with that. The other thing too is I notice whenever people post Instagram stories and it's a picture of them, I like it because I like them. That's why I follow them. And actually, Anna, who I believe is here live in the chat, I went to Anna's studio in Brooklyn. That was so fun because I was in New York City. And Anna, I know that you and I have had conversations about how difficult it is to show your face. But Anna told me that when yeah, they started showing pictures of their face, that it was really good engagement. And obviously, people need to do what works for them. I'm not saying you have to. But people will say things to me, oh, well, I don't look like a fashion model. I'm not 22. And I'm like, that's exactly why you should post. So we don't feel like everybody looks like a fashion model because that visibility, I think is very important, don't you think? Yeah, and moreover than anything too, it's, I think it shows the ability of people with disabilities as well. Like it's mm -hmm. not just, able able-bodied people that are able to create good things or these hip and cool like stereotypical TikTok people that are like I'm gonna throw some paint on a canvas and this is my art piece yeah buy it like no that's annoying uh when you can make it relatable and you can destigmatize what the art world actually looks like it makes it easier not only for other artists like uh, Anna artists like me it's like it's it's putting eyes in the right places where people can feel like they have someone that they can look to and grow with and grow into that field as well. Yeah. Anna here says, I used to hate posting selfies, but I started doing it because of you, Clara. Good. I get to take credit. Me too, and Anna. <laughs> <laughs> Moth says my face gets two times the engagement that my art does. It's not that your artwork isn't good. It's just that your artwork is a piece of your story 
and you are a piece of your story. And I'm careful that I don't post one all the time. I mean, I usually, if you look at my grid, it's like every eighth post or something. This is me trying to take selfies for YouTube thumbnails. <laughs> so I thought this was sort of a silly post. Here's another thing. Text captions. When they're boring. Oh my gosh. And, and okay, guilty. <laughs> Who here has done this? Marilyn Minter is amazing. So she can kind of get away with it. She's very high profile in the art world. But she does this a lot. Where on the post she says, title, size, media. Does that engage you? <laughs> uh, like, I started doing it because I was like, I'm cool. I can do that. But I realized I don't have a following who's just going to read that and be like, oh, I want to look more into this guy. Like, no. It, it doesn't pull you in nearly as much as someone having... Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, this is a post that you did recently. And I really noticed the text caption to the point that I put it into the slideshow. <laughs> so you start the caption by saying, note to that kid from Pittsburgh who always loved art. Why do you think that text caption pulled me in? And why do you think I remembered it? I feel like a lot of artists go through phases, either young or old, where they're like, I'm not artistic anymore I don't want to be an artist or I can't afford to be an artist and a lot of my story was like it's not that my family didn't support my art they love everything that I do they love that I'm still creating that I graduated from RISD all of that stuff but there were times when they're like are you sure that's what you want to do like it's going to be more work for you and so there were times when I wanted to give up art but I never stopped loving it and so for me to kind of go back and be like that you always did love art. I feel like a lot of people can resonate with that. And then here, where you list all the upcoming events, that is anticipation for what you're doing in the future. And it shows that you are very active and you've got a lot of things. So it helps the audience also anticipate. So when you do post about those events, they go, oh yeah, you told me two months ago. And that's really great for people. My text captions, they're a little out of control because I, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to write one thing. And then before I know it, there's like five paragraphs. So I don't know that everybody has to do this. And sometimes I'm like, why am I writing this? People probably aren't reading it. But you know something? There are going to be a few people that read the whole thing. And to me, that is very valuable. And so now I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to write this. And I, I enjoy writing. So for me, it's a really nice part of my progress that for me feels like I'm documenting what I'm doing. This is a big one. <laughs> You're not commenting on other people's social media in a thoughtful way. Because people come to me and they ask for social media tips. And I say, well, are you commenting? They go, yes. I'm like, I don't think you are. Because if you were, you would be getting engagement. And yeah. so... Dorian, when you look at a list of comments and somebody just does an emoji, do you remember that comment from that person? No, and that's also, I think if you look on my page too, a lot of the people that I respond to and engage with on my own, if they say like fire emoji, it's like, I'll like it and I'll comment a fire emoji, but it's kind of a surface level response to engage with what I'm saying. Like if you're like, I'm gonna be there, how do I find out more information? 
I will happily type, here's the link to the website, here's this, here's that. Also, you know what, because you're actually gonna try and come, here's a 10% off discount code. Like, there's ways if I feel you're truly working with me or trying to engage with me, I'm going to go out of my way and engage with you as well. Uh, within also time constraints and stuff too, because I know I'm not like the most famous person. If I know people who have like the blue check, uh, they are definitely, if something catches their eye, take advantage of if the, yeah. you catch their eye. Well, so here's another person I'm stalking. <laughs> this is Derek McLean, and he's the set designer for Moulin Rouge, Moulin Rouge Obsession. It is but the set was incredible. I mean, I've seen a couple other Broadway shows, but I've never seen a set design that brought me in so deeply. And so now I'm like, I got to learn everything about set design. So I'm following him and he's got a blue check mark, but he's not like Hugh Jackman with 50 million followers. And so I'm like, okay, maybe I can weed my way into his circle. And he's extremely, he's won all these Tony awards and worked on these incredible shows. And yet a lot of the people behind the scenes, they don't have the visibility of let's say the actors. So he posted this awesome progress shot of the initial design for Moulin Rouge. And so I went in and I asked a question that is more than an emoji. Look at this, I got a reply. I was like so excited. But why do you think he replied? It's, you sound like you actually care about his work. And I think that's the most beautiful thing. It's like, you're not just sitting there like, Heart, 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 heart. Sorry, Opal and whatever, LLC. Like, you're not posting that. You're asking him, why, like, how is this image working? And for him to, like, actually just break it down really quick for you and be like, oh, yeah, that's pencil. And Photoshop and Procreate are also things. It's like he's giving you a resource. That also might be an opportunity for you. It's like if you use both or all three of those methods and you tag him in it, he'll be like, wow. You have skills as well? Okay, cool, I wanna to talk to you. Like, it's all about, oh, we have to do a networking stream, I think. We really do. Well, we have one, but we need to do one that's new. Because like, the one that we have. Social media. Yeah. <laughs> so if you look at, I mean, I know Lauren, obviously, but look at what Lauren wrote on my post. I'm gonna read that because it's thoughtful. Isis Davis Smarts, who actually I saw in New York City for the first time, also wrote something nice and thoughtful. So tell us in the chat, how many of you are leaving emojis and how many of you are taking time to write something a little bit more thoughtful? Because you remember that, especially when it's the same people posting nice comments, you remember their name. This is another problem. You're only showing finished artworks. So Lauren recently had an exhibition at Half Gallery because she is our staff New York City gallery superstar. And so that makes sense because she has the show up right now. But Dorian, why does it matter that we see her apartment up here? It's relatable. Like you can see that it's somebody who's very talented, very skilled, but still a person. And they're doing things in the comfort of their home, but also it doesn't take a lot for you to achieve great things. That's what I get from it, at least. Uh, what would you walk away from that with? <laughs> well, that I get to go behind the scenes. I mean, you know when they have 
those movie behind the scenes and you see the actor and you see the camera like i love that stuff do you yeah definitely <laughs> matri says personally i'm a lot more attracted to artists that explain the process inspiration behind the art or even a life update that makes me feel more connected to them absolutely because people want to feel like they are your friend that they're with you in the moment and that is something that can only happen if you show behind the scenes and so those works in progress that to you you go oh this is so messy people love that and i've learned to grow to enjoy sharing that part of the process here's another thing yes you hope people comment but why is it important to literally invite engagement algorithm <laughs> literally the algorithm will reward you or at least it should i don't know instagram and facebook really mess up a lot of things for us but right. <laughs> if you have people clicking on your story and you have the viewership increasing daily your account's going to find more ways to get into other people's pages uh and all those tags that you do in post prior they'll start to become relevant because they still have the hashtags so it's like okay they're doing a lot of stuff actively we're going to push some of their previous posts into someone else's feed. So it really just in increases your engagement and also the opportunities for you to get new followers. Engagement doesn't have to be really involved. Polls. I do these all the time. And I can tell you when I see a poll, I always tap on it. Do you? There's not a poll that I won't tap on just because I want to see what everybody else is saying. <laughs> <laughs> them fascinating and they're easy you don't have to think very hard usually i give one two well not one option two or three options and i make them simple should i make prints yes or no and that is something you have to think too hard about but it is engagement this is bad engagement what do you think so if i put that into a text caption are you going to comment about what you think uh, no. <laughs> no. why not uh okay that's why like in mine for instance i'll say something along the lines of feedback is appreciated or like i don't know there's certain ways of wording it where i will say you can give me your feedback but i'm not expecting it because i know you're on social media scrolling like i know what i'm gonna get unless i'm specifically like here's a survey that i have or yeah. Here is like this poll. Here is this thing that I really need people to fill out. So if you could go to this link, like I, I try and steer people towards other avenues rather than doing it in the actual captions for the most part. Anna says, how do you make polls? It depends on the platform. In Instagram, if you go to the Instagram stories, there is a sticker, which is a poll. And you tap that sticker and it puts it into the story and you can change the options. You can add multiple options. The other thing you can do too is ask a really easy question. Again, yes or no, a preference that you have. For example, I did this sculpture of Maggie a little ways back and I asked people, do you think I should paint this sculpture or should I just leave it as it is? It's like, you don't have to think too hard, right? Mm -mm. 
we have workshops coming up, everybody. We have them in June. This might be your last time to do a workshop for a little, well, it is, because I'm going to Japan <laughs> at the end of June, and I'm going to be away for a while. And so if you want to take a workshop, I would get in now, because we probably won't be offering a lot of them until maybe September or so, maybe a little bit in August, but we're going to cut back a little bit because of my travel schedule. We're doing Selling Your Art, Pricing Your Art, dynamic figure drawing, drawing primates in color, and gestural portraits. The link to that is in the YouTube video description below, and it's also on the homepage of artprof.org. By the way, I want to say thank you so much to Crosby for the super chat, who says, hearing you talk about your celeb crushes gives me life. <laughs> well, it does for me too, so thank you. <laughs> After this stream, Dorian and I will be in the Discord. We're going to be chatting in the post live streams channel. I hope you will join us there. Join our Patreon group. We have so much fun in there. Share your art with weekly voice sessions with staff. And in fact, I'm going to be in Canada this week and I'm going to be meeting up with some people in the Patreon group. And we're also going to open it up to the entire community. But you get support and critiques from me. I don't provide those in the public channels. And most of all, support in a small group of artists, people who are really invested in each other's progress and get to know each other. Art Prof has services. We have artist calls, personal art curriculums, statement editing, portfolio critiques, and a big thank you to our wonderful top Patreon supporters. You are the ones keeping the lights on. I am so, so grateful to have all of you here. Visit artprof.org. There is content on there that is not on YouTube. The best way to use it is the search bar. Artprof has a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes. And subscribe to our channel for more tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. Yeah.